warning. The Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. If you think you may be too weak to withstand the manliness represented in the following program, please do yourself a favor and stop listening now. If you choose to continue in spite of this warning, if at any time you feel yourself overcome by the manliness, stop immediately and consult your closest medical professional. And now, for the not-so-fair, faint, or frilly, we present The Catholic Man Show. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting with my best bud, David Niles, in Yorkville. Yorkville? Yorktown? Yorktown? Ville. Yorkville. Yorkville. Okay, I was Yorkville. right the first time. I like, my, my gut like sunk as soon as I said that because I was, was worried I didn't do it right. But yeah. Yorkville. Yeah. Yorkville, Indiana. We're in a tri-state area right now, so... Dave and I have been in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana, all in like three mile radius. It seems like it's vol- it's very close. It's very close. Yeah. So the highways. There was one highway we wanna that crossed the border and then just crossed right back. And it's like, so, why'd you do that? To get you there. Yeah. I it mean, did. I guess. But then the Google Maps lady, she's like, "Welcome to Kentucky. Welcome to Indiana." Our hospitality. We're known for that around here, particularly yeah. the Google lady. Y- your Google Maps the lady, Google lady is lady really is nice. on top of it. Yeah, she's part of the hospitality yeah. team. Yeah, she wears uh, a little. She wears a little pin. <laughs> says welcome. She. I didn't realize she was Catholic. That's great. <laughs> we converted her. Yeah. Nice. Well, speaking of hospitality, we we have not done a good job so far in this episode of being hospitable and welcoming our guest, introducing our guest. Uh, Dave, I'll let you do that. So the the buttery voice that is joining us on this episode is none other than Father Meyer of the diocese of what diocese are we in? We are currently in the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. And we are in Yorkville, Indiana, which is part of All Saints Parish, which is one of the newest parishes in the Archdiocese. And nice. we are in the rectory. Currently. We are currently in the rectory in Yorkville, Indiana. Which would you is call wa- this the sitting room? Hmm. I would say it's the parlor. The parlor. The yes. Parlor. Quite. Very nice. Yes. With, let's see, three, six, seven seminarians yeah. with us. Say you hey, guys. Can say hi. Say hey. Yeah. yeah. Hey. There we go. Hey. These are seminarians who study at Bishop Brute College Seminary, which is one of the seminaries in our archdiocese. We have a college seminary and a major seminary. These young men uh, are studying for to be priests, but they're in their younger years. They have at least four or six more years of education to go. Nice. Full of hope. I can see it in it's their beautiful. eyes. Yes. No, it, it is. is. It's awesome. This is it the is. future of our church. We just got done with the E6 Catholic Men's Conference, yeah. which, is, which is why we're here, which was awesome. And it was uh, so wonderful to have you as a uh, kind of help as the MCs and to bring some Catholic flavor to our amazing conference. So thank you for being there today. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. happy to be there. We had a lot of fun. I don't know about everybody else, but I do know that Dave and I had fun. Yeah, I think I think it was apparent that we had fun. You guys were you guys were killing it, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure that they enjoyed you being there. Now, if we ever okay. come back, I'm bringing a flask. Wait, no, it's at the high school. We can't do that. No, you can't do that. At Never I always get a Never l- I get a little leery every time we have mass at the high school, and I show up with a bottle of wine. Yeah, yeah. And it's like ah, oh, we're gonna celebrate Catholic mass here, and I'm 
completely and totally breaking every school rule, but it's awesome. Do they not have masks there at the school? Well, it's, uh, it's public. It's That's a, a public, public school? It's a public oh, high school. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. So okay. this is your first time listening to the Catholic Man Show. We do three things every episode. Our, our show is kind of geared around the idea of virtue, about living out your vocation, about holiness, about holy leisure, uh, brotherhood, men's groups, all of the above. Saint, we, we try to throw in St. Thomas Aquinas as much as possible because it makes us sound yeah. like we know what we're talking People about. People think we're smart when we quote him. Yeah. Um, but so the, the three things that we do every episode, the first thing we do is we open, review, and enjoy a man beverage is what we do. Then we highlight a man gear is the second thing. The third thing we do is, is talk, have a manly discussion. Now, Father, the reason why we open, review, and enjoy a man beverage, you were just talking about how you have a seven-course meal that you, you put together for, for people, and you, you show them hospitality, you sit down, have a nice dinner together, you get to know each other, you get to talk. S- but similar... When you when you when you learn a little bit about whiskey and how much art it takes, how much effort? Yes. Okay. Good. Now we have a St. Thomas Aquinas. Is that a relic? Statue. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Okay. So I I collect relics, and so this That's is a something beautiful awesome to statue. Yeah, I saw of, your apostles in there. Yeah, statue of St. John St. Thomas Aquinas, and here's a first class relic that right there uh, as well. So it's a statue with a relic attached to it. So we'll put him right here and he will intercede Beautiful. and pray for us. Yes. Awesome. St. Thomas Aquinas. Pray both, for of us. The, both of the universities I went to are named after him. Yeah, that makes sense. My undergraduate degree and my graduate degree are both from the University of St. Thomas. He okay. was very smart. He was a very smart guy. <laughs> yeah. To yeah. say the least. Yeah, it's the only reason I passed my classes. Because <laughs> <laughs> of his smartness, not mine. Right. Yeah. Well, he's, like I said, he very, is the universal doctor. Yeah. So, uh, so, what we're, so we're going we're gonna to try a, a local whiskey today. Uh, given to us by a council of mem- member, Paul Day. Mm-hmm. To bourbon. We uh, pa- Paul was at the E6 Men's Conference, came by, said, hey, I got this for you. I want you to try it. We're like, I'm in. So he, he got us this bottle of New Riff Whiskey Kentucky Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Um, it's bonded. This, it's is the bonded. First, this is the first year they've had a bonded whiskey. The, yeah, there you go. I would also like to say that any time that these wonderful gentlemen are at an event... And if you are a listener, you best be bringing them a bottle. So I'm, I'm just saying, I can say that as the priest. Like, He's a priest. This is, this is fantastic him. that here we are, we're able to enjoy the fruits of their labors today. And someone gifted them. Like, it means they were listening and they acted upon the, what they were listening. Like, that's just good stuff. We need to act more on what we hear. I agree. Amen. Amen to that. Amen. Mm. And we're able to share it with at least two seminarians. That are of age? Who are of age, yes. yes. So, uh, Father, you're on Exodus 90, but you can... I'm going to watch you drink, watch it. and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. so just cool. To, just to just witness to watch, it. Yeah. 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 I'll you... kind of give the description. They're slowly taking the glasses <laughs> and <laughs> lifting them off the table. Yeah. The <laughs> color is rich. Yes. Mm. Do you, would you like to smell it? That's too I much. I would love to. No, oh, it's good. Okay. It's good. Let's we're, cheers. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers. Cheers to Jesus. Why don't you Why don't you toast the gentleman? Uh, gentlemen, thank you for being here. We raise our glasses together uh, in friendship and brotherhood uh, that is found founded upon our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Cheers. 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 So new riff. It, it's aged at least for four years. It is. Uh, I want to make sure I get, I get this get this correct but it, it is out of new newport kentucky newport kentucky so how far away is that from here uh probably about 35 minutes about 35 minutes yeah. from right here okay yeah. 
Okay. They have a so great, it's very close. Yeah, yeah they, there's a, a great small town there. Life, things going on. It's a, it's a good little town. What do, you, what do you get on the nose there, Dave? Did you even try? Well, I did, but then I tr- I've been drinking it and I... You bailed? Mmm, a little bit of butter. Caramel? Mm-hmm. What about you? A little caramel, a little vanilla on the on the palate. I get a some very charred oak. For being only four years old, this is very smooth. Has a nice sp- like black pepper spice yeah, at the yeah. end. Mm-hmm. It's it's a ni- it's a nice sipping whiskey. You wouldn't expect a four year, which is very young whiskey, to be this good. Yeah. I would. I wouldn't. Anyway, it's a, it's a very nice sipping whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Father, FYI. So we drink we drink ours what we call neat, and there's a reason why we do it. Now we've talked to several whiskey pros who are like whiskey connoisseurs. Is that what, is that is that the correct word connoisseur? Yes. Okay. Uh, we and we asked we asked them like how do, you know what the proper ways of drinking it, drinking whiskey. They say first and foremost how you enjoy it. You know there's not a, a right or way, wrong way to drink it. If we're drinking, we drink it in leisure. We drink it in moderation. We drink it for its goodness. And however you want to drink it is how you should drink it. Now, there's other people who, who add uh, drops of water to it, and that opens up the flavors of the whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of dilutes the alcohol. And in fact, people who don't like whiskey, they, people say you should add maybe like 50% water, 50% whiskey, hmm. and try it. Yeah, one-to-one ratio. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Now, ice, if you add ice to the whiskey, here's what, here's what happens with ice. What happens with ice? It constricts. Yeah. It gets... So all these flavors that they try to uh, have in this whiskey for like four years, they've been trying to nurture and, and garner into this, this whiskey. You add ice into it, what happens? All that flavor gets sucked up. Can you make it, it that noise gets, for me one time? That was a good noise. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. I feel, I feel like that, that was, was a good a, no- yeah, appropriate good. For, for being constricted. Yeah. yeah. So it just thickens up the, the beverage and you just can't taste. Can't t- you know, that's why when you have a stout, you don't want to drink it right out of the, the fridge. You want to let it warm up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it tastes way better. So anyway, we're very we're anti in general putting ice in your whiskey, unless it's like Jack and you're just uh, it's a hot day. You know yep. that's fine. It's different. I'm actually anti ice on all beverages. This is just a personal note. I don't put ice, ice in, in my really water, anything? ice in anything. No, don't like it. Yeah. I have a, similar reasons. Number one, it waters down your beverage. You get less beverage. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's accurate. It clinks on your teeth. And it actually is like like drinking water that's like cold or water that has ice in it is actually it doesn't can't be absorbed by the body as quickly. It actually makes more work on your body. So you're burning more calories though if you're doing that. Uh, you're actually losing weight doing drinking cold water. I don't know if that's true. I just totally made that I up. I think you totally well, made that up. It, yeah. it is. A <laughs> calorie <laughs> literally is the measure of energy it takes to heat a one milligram of water one degree. That is the definition of a calorie. But uh, that's the different kind of cal. I mean, it's like a... The calories that we talk about in food, it's like times 10 of this, a regular calorie. Welcome to a food calorie. podcast. This is a now food podcast. Yeah. And a nerd podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. So, that was awesome. <laughs> but, we, but we also always drink in moderation. Uh, the vir- There's a virtue of temperance. The sub-virtue is moderation. You should always drink in moderation. You got to go down the Via Media. That's right. Right down the middle of the road. Yeah. So we'll be right back. <laughs> Uh, jump into the man gear. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Live from Yorkville. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan and Father Meyer of the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. Of Indianapolis. All Saints Parish. All Saints uh, Compound? You could kind of call it that because we've taken over the entire area. So we... let me just briefly explain this real fast because this is interesting. I've never heard about this. But you have one parish with multiple campuses. Yeah, we have four campuses. Camp, camp I? We call them campuses. We have four campuses, and then we also have a, perpe- a perpetual adoration chapel. Okay. And my rectory here has a chapel with the Blessed Sacrament in it as well. So we actually yeah. have six tabernacles and four, like, but four different main campuses. We have 72 acres, 21 buildings, but we're one parish, one parish council, one finance council, one religious ed, one lady sodality. Everything is one, but we've just taken over the whole entire area. So it was four separate parishes that got combined. Is that what happened? Yeah, but instead of you know closing, you know three of them and remaining one or building something new, what yeah. we did is we just literally just said we're going to keep the four sites open. Yeah, because they're all over a hundred years old. I mean, these are very historic, historic important yeah. buildings. They're beautiful churches. Oldest church building in the state of Indiana is part of this. Second oldest congregation in the state of Indiana is part of this. It's it's really awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but you know what's not one, and I want to talk about this before we get into the man gear, is the number of altar servers, altar boys you have in mass. Yeah, it's straight up crazy. I can we can we talk about this? Yeah. Is, is yeah, it, we can. Okay? It is crazy. Uh, you have more at every mass than I think any uh, any other have parish have weekend. at all. Right. At all. Or an entire weekend. Uh, so yeah. we just went. We or went. at all. Yeah. And just like in, I, don't, in I don't think. Do you think we have we have a big parish? I don't know if we have. Do you think we have twenty five? People total? I have no idea. I have maybe, no idea. Maybe we do. But, maybe I'm underestimating things. I don't know. But we just we just got done celebrating. You got done celebrating mass just a few minutes, no, a couple hour, hours ago. A couple hours ago. A couple, couple yeah. hours ago. You had 18, 20, somewhere between 18 and 20 altar, altar boys up there. Is that yes. correct? So we have a, a no schedule policy. Our servers are allowed to show up any mass that they want to be at. They can serve at any time. Daily masses as well. And... Uh, our low numbers will be eight. Our upper numbers will be 26 or 27. Average weekend. Okay, so how is that? What What's happening here? Because that's not typical. Well, we're going to get into this. In oh. the, this is like going to be part of what the topic is today. Oh, so man, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. Yeah, I you are way jumping ahead. But I forgive you. I'm not exercising prudence. I'm I forgive so, I apologize. you. So th- this is a good cliffhanger for everyone to just like, you're going to have to... Check out the next segment. Yeah. Hang on, guys. We'll be... We'll don't get go we'll, get there. we'll get back to this. We'll get back to it. Okay. Because I want to make sure we do get to the main gear today. Okay. Uh, because, Father, you had this great idea for a clothing line. I'm not sure when when you had this idea, yeah, how so old this idea is. It goes back to some early days in my life when I did a lot of work with Theology of the Body. Still love the Theology of the Body, St. John Paul II. But just his references to Ephesians 5, which tells men to lay down their lives for their bride and be willing to die for them as Jesus did. Yeah. And Christopher West used to always just point out that Ephesians 6, of course, logically follows Ephesians 5. And if a man wants to truly love his bride as Christ loved the church, that he needs the armor of God. So he needs the breastplate of righteousness of the helmet of salvation, and he's to gird his loins with the truth, and he needs to enter into a battle. And so at one point earlier in my priesthood, I was like, it would be so awesome if we created a clothing line with all of these battle armaments that a man could clothe himself with every single day. So when he, put on, he puts on his undershirt in the morning, 
it, breastplate of, it would just say righteousness on his chest. When he put on his, his hat, whether it be a toboggan or whatever it is, <laughs> it would say salvation. When he put on his socks, it would say peace because this is what St. Paul says. And when he puts on his underwear, it would say truth because we should gird our loins in the truth. I just love the idea of my underwear saying truth. <laughs> it's sort of like the antithesis to all the Victoria's Secret uh, products, you know, that say like juicy or sexy or whatever. It's like, yeah, forget that. Truth. Yeah, it's you true. Know, yeah. Can you imagine like men wearing shorts like that where no. it says it on the outside? But you Just could you could be truth. It would be he's, straight up awesome. You're cracking yourself yeah, up. It would be hilarious. <laughs> so so that so that's our man gear today, correct? That that's what we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about this idea of this clothing line. Is that correct? Yeah. And just like underwear. Okay. It's never awkward. I I was telling you. Because hopefully Everybody's sub worried. ubi no semper uh, ubi sub ubi yeah. yes semper ubi sub ubi in fact uh dr ray garindi was on the show two weeks ago and he actually said that on it unsolicited on mm. our show i am honored to be among dr ray garindi and his great comments yeah yeah he really is semper ubi sub ubi okay so i got this pair of underwear and it's deli- it's, it's it's wonderful it's smart wool underwear boxer briefs it's just the best. It's just, you know, you know what I'm talking about? How like, okay, you know, you get socks and then every now and then you'll get, you like your mom for Christmas will get you a $20 pair of socks. Yeah. And it's, this is just clearly a better pair. You put it on and you think, yes, everything about this pair of socks is better. It's the same way with this underwear. I will tell you, I did not buy it. So I don't know what it costs. I think smart wool is kind of expensive, but like if you have an underwear budget, that's, that's more than whatever else i i'm gonna be honest i have never bought underwear okay never never in my whole life that's weird yeah maybe it is my mom just always got it for me for christmas growing up and now i have a wife and it just life goes on it does yeah yeah your wife probably as a priest your your spouse probably has never bought you underwear yeah that would be really awkward Yeah. yeah yeah so i never don't want to go no yeah stop. yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't get i <laughs> get it, the brakes. I get it. Yeah. yeah yeah so anyway i'm just saying that if if you want a good pair of underwear the smart wool option it's it works it's really, yeah it's, it's a very good way which is it which is i was just gonna say which is tremendously important because we're supposed to we the bible talks a lot about girding your loins yeah there's reasons when we should gird our loins where we need to be girt which means you need to have your underwear on because you need to be ready to run. You need to be able to go. Like there's a reason that that we have it. There's a reason that girding your loins exists in the Bible, and there's a reason why we wear underwear. It's to be able to like go, be ready to go. Right? So let me ask you this, because the, I think the concept of girding your loins is a little bit lost on people today. Uh, just because men are most why, men aren't wearing. It's not. Yeah, it's so, not cassocks. What 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 did they used? To, what was the Jewish garment? Like a tunic. Tunic. They, yeah, that's what I'm looking. So. For. Did they not? Was it not common to wear undergarments at that time? And so, why did you have to gird them at some times and not others? It's a great question. I think this would be a great question for Mark Harder. Yeah. So, yeah. so here, here's what I heard: is that you know, with the tunic, uh, because it's constricting on your legs. Like if you're trying, like if you're wearing a full full length tunic, like if you're having to go run or you're trying to jump or things like that, it's going to be constricting to your 
uh, legs. Oh, doesn't correct? allow for a full stride. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Or, okay. or like squatting down or jumping or things like that. So what what would they do? They would take the back side of their tunic and bring it back up, almost like in a diaper like oh, fashion. Yeah, yeah. yeah, gird your loins. And that and that what that did is it it created a space mm. so that way you could you could be agile. Yeah. It'd be like the flash and like go really gotcha. fast. But you kind of looked ridiculous because you kind of looked like you were wearing a big diaper. Yeah. And I think it's also that that then creates support, which right. then allows you also in that realm, which is part of why we like comfortable underwear. Yes. Yeah. And you're a track coach, right? That you, That's something else you do, correct? Yeah. I'm a big, I'm a, I coach cross country and track at, uh, at the local public high school. That's what I do for my hobby. So I, and I nice. run every day. I do other workouts with the young people. In mm-hmm. fact, one of the seminarians here, uh, I used to coach. Nice. What, so. what, what did he run? Uh, he was a very fast 400 runner. He was in the four Ooh, by nice. four. A man's run. A man's yeah. run. What was, yeah. what was your time? 51.8. Fast 400 time. That is a that is a fast nice. 400 time. Nicely done, my friend. Yeah. Nicely done. So, so you were mentioning to me that compression shorts. Those are, they're they're that's like a, the, that's a good thing for runners. Oh yeah, that's like kind of like that's what that's what. Is, is that like biking, biker shorts? Is yeah, that that's what we used to call them. Like when I was a young kid, we called them biker shorts because bikers wore them, and then they've become kind of just the new normal. Like yeah. that's kind of the new athletic normal for guys. Uh, if you're going to be doing some athletic gear, yeah, yeah, it's how you gird your loins in 2019 these days. <laughs> so, gird your loins with the truth. Yeah. So, yeah. compression shorts with the word truth on them. Let's go. So, do you recommend? people at home getting a Sharpie and writing truth on, on all of their underwear? I think that if we want to do it, St. Paul says, I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, it's just what, obedience, right? It's what St. Paul says, like, gird your loins with the truth. So Yeah. And, and then what was the other ones? It was the salvation was for the... Uh, it's for the, the breastplate, breastplate of righteousness. Breastplate. So breast, like righteousness would be on your chest. Okay. The helmet of salvation. Mm-hmm. And then your feet shod in readiness for the peace of the gospel. So you're like your socks would say peace. Peace. Nice. Yeah. So what, what, why do you think the head was was salvation? Mm, there's deep stuff here on all of this stuff. Yeah, and we don't have a whole lot of time, but do can we can we broach it a little bit? No? Yeah. Maybe well, not. Okay. I mean, I'm I mean, trying, to, it just th- seems trying like to think about the word. On, you know, on the chest, salvation on the head, you know, what what's the biblical understanding I'm of sure it? there's some symbol There's also the sword symbology. of the spirit. Sword of the spirit. Yeah, because there was like, you know, you had to have the other, the breast, uh, yeah, the shield of this, uh, what was the shield? Because like, I don't have the, I don't have my Bible with me right now. Because there's a shield as well. Or maybe that's the breastplate. Maybe it's the same one. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I know the sword was the spirit. The sword of the spirit. Yeah. Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness. So Curtain your loins with the truth. Mm-hmm. And then yep. feet shod, ready for the gospel of peace. So... I'm telling you, this would make a sweet clothing line. I'm, Somebody's some listening. Someone is. That's going there's to money this. here. Yeah, yeah, socks that say packs on it. I mean, come it, on. It would be called the E6 clothing line. The E6 clothing line. Let's let's make this happen, someone. Come on. Get a hold of me. Let's Woo! go. <laughs> we'll be right back. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Hanging out with Father Meyer in Yorkville, Indiana, parish priest of All Saints Conglomerate. Just parish. All Saints Parish. We All are Saints a parish. Corporation? Is, corporation. No. <laughs> All Saints Parish. A parish is a community of believers. It is a group of individuals who, you know, have come together before the Lord and worship and evangelize and pray and catechize, and that's what we do. Yeah, right on. So I, I like it. Oh, what, four years ago, two guys came up to you and said, hey, we want to start a men's conference. Yeah, it was actually like four years and six months ago. And they were like, we want to have a men's conference. And I was like, uh, we have a Mark Houck started a movement in the United States of America known as the King's Men. It is a spirituality group yeah. Yeah. that focuses on accountability, study, and prayer for men. And they were looking for something like a, an apostolate of fruit to give back to the parish. And these two guys were just like, we want to start a men's conference. And I, I genuinely was just like, okay, guys, that'd be really great. You know, like I have 21 buildings and like I have a gym. So like, why don't we start there? Like, you know, just like. I, I know a few people we could bring in some priests and they could give some talks and I know some lay people that could give some talks and, and they just look at me like, no father, like we want to run out the high school. They have an auditorium that sits 1500 father. I just go, guys, seriously, like, why don't we just start in the parish hall? Like it'll take out and they're like, no father. I was like, listen, and they're like, father, no, it won't take any work for you. And we won't, we'll, we'll figure it out financially. And I was like, okay. Fine, go ahead, just go. Uh, I learned from an early, early in my priesthood from this great Monsignor that you just need to pray a lot and you need to know when to say yes and when to say no and just let it go. And it's been a great grace in my priesthood and this was one of those moments. And now we have the largest Catholic men's conference in the state of Indiana and it's parish-based, which is which makes Catholic men's conferences a total game changer when it's a parish-based conference versus a conference that's being trying to be run by individuals or hmm. other organizations, I think. So, yeah, so, E6 Catholic Men's Conference today. Yeah, but so it's it creates the community. You know, like the reason why it's so different, I think, for the men's conference that's parish-based is it's create you've created this culture, this community within the, where your, your parishioners are taking ownership and, you know, kind of like, quote unquote, grabbing the bull by the horns and running with it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you like went into the cafeteria, today, but there are 1,300 fresh baked muffins by women with love. Like that happens because you have a parish that is doing this. They, they've bought into it. The whole parish. They're like, we want it. We want good men. We want good husbands. We want good fathers. We want good sons. We want, we want men. And we Catholic men's conference are how often those seeds get planted that yeah. then explode. Okay. So, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. Well, I was just going to, you know, tie it back to your parish because uh, you've, you're just doing a lot of very good things. Uh, your parish seems to be one that's thriving. I mean, attending Mass there this evening is full of young people. Um, you mentioned you had, you know, almost 20 altar servers uh, celebrating, helping, assisting at Mass today. Yeah. Um, and I want you to talk about how you've created... Or what things uh, that you've done that you think helped create the culture to be able to do that? Because, I mean, in my own parish, there's not that, you know, what? it's just not that, uh, we have, I have a great big parish, it's big and it is great, it's good and I like it. 
but we don't have uh, the buy-in necessarily from the young men. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's, there's a lot of different roads that could go down here, but number yeah. one, I think there has to be a dream and a vision. So I think a lot of times that dream and that vision is there. The thought is, I need three altar servers. I don't. What would I do with more than three altar servers? I wouldn't even know what to do. I have cross and two candles. Like, no, you have to say like, what is my dream and what yeah. is my vision? So do I have a dream and a vision that I want to engage men? And if I want to do that, like, what do what do men men like to do things? So if I know the the typical high school or middle school boy, if he's sitting on the congregation, he's bored out of his mind. Mass is boring. I don't want to be there. I don't even know why I'm here and I'm going to fight mom and dad on being here. So if you give men something to do, and I'm not trying to be all about active participation in an inappropriate sense of like everyone needs to be doing something at mass. But if you teach boys reverence and you get them engaged, like it can just explode a parish. So that's exactly what we've done here. So we've created a culture and it really it is. It's, it's about a cultural change that says if you are if you are a young man, you should be in the sanctuary. So there are very few boys over the eight in, in seventh grade or up that are not part of our program that is known as the altar boys, B-O-Y-Z, by the way, um, and which is our altar servers group that serves at every mass on the weekend and funerals and weddings. And then we also have a fraternal op opportunity once a month where fathers and sons gather together for, it might be paintball, it might be bowling it might be a movie uh it might be something spiritual or a catechetical opportunity but we gather once a month uh fathers and sons and have that opportunity so it, it it's a it's more than just serving at mass but then if you're going to have 20 kids in the sanctuary they need to have something to do they need to be organized there needs to be reverence there needs to be uh, a pecking order on who does what and then you create things for them to do so we at an average mass we have incense boat cross 12 torches and then someone, you know, who does chalice and water and wine and you create a culture and a system that then also has them in the sanctuary. They're, they're paying attention. They're praying. They're being reverent. It's adding attention and devotion to our Lord and directs people where to look, what's going on. And, uh, it's one of the biggest compliments we get in our parish. When people come from the outside, they're blown away. Yeah. And do you see this trickle down effect? Cause I have two young boys and neither one of them are old enough, you know, to, to serve mass yet. But whenever they see uh, boys up there, you know, and they they have a role, you know, my five-year-old boy has asked, Dad, when can I be up there? And so it yeah. seems like yeah. that once you once you train some of the older guys, the older boys will tra will help train the youngers, yeah. and there's like this trickle-down yeah. effect. Our, our altar server training at this point solely is us teaching them how to walk in and out because there is such a huge pecking order, and they train themselves. I, we don't, our ultimate training is really an orientation with the parents and the young people just to like teach them the initial culture. The, everything else then takes care of itself. The boys actually have now the leadership and they actually mentor each other and bring people up into the system. Which is exactly what they need to learn how to do. Exactly. I it mean, teaches them to be brothers. It teaches them to be Christians. Hmm. Novel. Weird. Novel idea. Weird. So weird. Yeah. And it's so, I mean, but I'm they not, also the walking that you use, they prompt. walk very well. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's more than just like, oh, here's how you walk in and out. I mean, they're almost like military exercises, yeah. uh, the way yeah. that they walk across the so altar. So one of my arguments about altar servers is this. So like the body in motion is beauty. So my sister's a professional dance choreographer. So like 
I will go to my sister's like performances and I'm like blown away. We're blown away by the, by, by, by the body and movement. So let's take this to a totally masculine route. People love when the colors are presented at a basketball game. The whole stadium stops and we watch this group of people carry the flag onto the gym floor. If you go to Arlington Cemetery, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, I, I'm not even joking, you go there, people don't even know what the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier is. What is the only reason that many people, not all, some people understand, that many people go to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier? To watch two men synchronized, walking back and forth reverently, with composure and with intentionality. And that's exactly what we've applied to our altar serving here, is that if this is our Lord truly present here, then like, why doesn't our motion say that? That this is real and true and beautiful? Like, why would we do that for a flag or for the tomb of an unknown soldier, but not for our Lord? Yeah. No, and I totally agree. If you begin to understand it, the body in motion is unbelievably powerful. So the same could be true with processions. The same could be true with the celebration of Holy Mass. But we've lost all that. And I will tell you, it. this is just like my own... Uh, my own faults, my own problems. But like when I see a server at mass who has no idea what they're doing, Ugh. it just makes me mad. I get, Ugh. and it just like, it draws me out. It's of, actually awkward. Like, and, and just to be, as a priest celebrant, it, uh, it, it, it hurts. Yeah. You, you feel sorry for them because like, you know that they're embarrassed and that, and you're trying, oftentimes we have a microphone, so you can't even like, you're trying to like, say something to them but you can't say verbally yeah. and then it's like it's just awkward right yeah. so yeah. How, how much oh. how, so how much time because uh, we have some priests that listen to, to, to this show and hello so, brothers yes so they're thinking they may be thinking right now this is going to be a huge burden for them if they try to uh, attempt this how much time do you actually spend or, or did you in the beginning i'm, I'm sure there was a lot of front end effort and then it and then it kind of worked itself out yeah, so i mean so front effort front f front end effort uh, when I first arrive at a parish and I've had the opportunity, just thanks be to God, to kind of do this and kind of learn throughout my different assignments. But uh, well, when I first arrive, I just, my, my first or second week in the parish, I literally just say, I like to talk to every single high school boy after this mass. And I make the pitch and I have the training sessions ready. One of the, one of the young seminarians that's here came five years ago when I, when I first arrived on that second weekend when I said, I want every high school boy to stay after mass. And I want, and I have a piece of paper. I'm like, I'm going to train you how to serve. And then you're going to train all the young kids. And we're going to like create a culture. I, I, I completely remember one of the young boys. And I said, and before you know it, there will be 30 kids up here at mass. And I remember one of the kids, his name is Matthew Keeble, says, Father, there will never be 30 servers at this mass. And I just said, just wait. And that's what happens. Like, when you when you when you want to change culture, you can change culture. It's possible. It's possible. Clearly, yeah. All right, Clearly it is. We're gonna keep going with this conversation on the other side of this break. Adam Minahan sitting here with David Niles. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Amen.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan and Father Meyer. Yorkville, Indiana, baby. Woo! Archdiocese of Indiana. Indianapolis. Indianapolis. <laughs> we'll get it right, maybe. Did you say Yorkville, Indiana? Yeah. Yorkville, yeah. Indiana. The Archdiocese is Indianapolis. Arch, Arch, right. Archdiocese. There's five dioceses in Indiana. There's just so much going on here. Yeah. You know, it's like... We're just what, simple folk like in Oklahoma. You just never know what state you're folk. in. And okay. Yeah, anyway, I don't. I don't even know. It's like, who do you pay taxes to? No, we're not getting there. That's a rabbit. I don't even know. That's a rabbit hole. Let's give. Let, let's finish up the. Are all of your parishes focus. in the same state? They are. Yes. Okay. They are all in the same state. I mean, you're one parish. All one of its parish. locations are in the same. The four state. campuses. Yes. yes. We have not have. We have no franchises outside of this area. Okay, so I want. I have to ask you this: your altar servers, and we're not going to talk about altar servers all day long, but they're just very impressive. Okay, they have. Freaking torches, <laughs> custom made by the way, on the <laughs> altar there, and during the consecration, they, yeah. When you lift, and did, did you know that, elevate, did, did you notice that that they change colors? I did notice that from uh, the conference versus yeah, the conference tonight. It was the feast of St. Polycarp, so the the they were the red. Ins, the color inserts were red, right? And I noticed this that. evening for the seventh Sunday of Ordinary Time, they were green. We have we have violet. We got the whole. I mean, we got the whole. It's brilliant. Every, Liturgical colors. You have to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you're going to live liturgically, then let's do it. Yeah. Right. Let's do you it know? right. So those were custom made, and the reason why. So going back a little bit before the break, we talked about like, does this take a lot of time? When you have twelve guys carrying candles that have wax on them, the amount of time that I was taking. An emotional time taking uh, scolding servers with charity, love, and joy to stop dripping wax was ridiculous. And the <laughs> wonderful sacristans that I had were upset, and their surplices had wax on them. And I was like, I've got to design something that doesn't require every week for the followers, that's the brass thing at the top, to be taken off and to use the heat gun. And then, and I was just like, ugh. So, Invented these amazing All Saints Parish torches. Trademark. There it is. Trademark. <laughs> yeah, Trademark. that works. And so you might have, I mean, today at Mass, there was probably 15 torches, people holding torches. So well, during at the E6 Mass, we had tw all 24 were there. Well, we actually, there's more than that at the parish, but we just brought, we brought 24. That's how many torches you have? 24? Well, all we, all no, the torches? You have no, more than at, that. At, there's, uh, there's, there's 40 total. Oh, because you have many different locations. Right, how does that work? There's more than 40. Anyway, so what was just epic because there's, a, first of all, we're bringing more fire into the liturgy, which is really the answer, I think, you know? Yeah, my boys, I mean, when they get the charcoal started for the incense, they have, they have little, like, propane torches. Because, like, using matches or even lighters to start charcoal is the lamest thing in the world. Yeah, Lame. this is something I can get behind. Yeah, so we have these little like butane. I don't know if they're like they're like this little. It's a propane torch. Is that propane? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. And like, psh, and then then like, done. Like, because if because if you use incense at every mass, flame which we thrower. do, yeah, flamethrower. Flame thrower. So if you use yes, incense, liturgical flamethrower, it exists. If you need to have charcoals lit for every single mass, because we use incense even at uh, weddings and our funeral, like the, not just at the end, but like the entire funeral, like yours, like you know. Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, so. We like fire. I'm going to just say that I think if the, if parishes introduce torches into their liturgy, the whole like, oh, we don't have enough boys in the altar server problem will instantly disappear. 
Yeah. I mean, because who? It's like, yeah, I want to hold the fire. Particularly please. if you know that when you get to be the senior in high school, you get the propane torch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you can, yes. you don't get to touch that until you get the pecking order yes. automatically says I get to use a propane torch. I want that. Yeah. I want that. Yeah. For Jesus. Uh, for of Jesus. Of for course. Jesus. Na- naturally. Yes. Uh, anyway, let me ask it's you. It's just brilliant, and it's also it's beautiful. Thank you. Because it is le- beautiful. They elevate the the torches when you elevate yeah, the Eucharist at the consecration, it's and it's just like, oh wow. It's very powerful. Yeah. Very moving. Breathtaking. Yeah. Uh, Father, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a, a personal question. Wow. And we just talked about underwear a few minutes ago. So that's this is, true. Like it's not that personal. Is, uh, it's not that personal. <laughs> wow, uh, I want to talk about your prayer life. Oh wow! As a mm-hmm. priest, I'm always interested in like what the prayer life of a priest is compared to you know I'm a I'm a domestic priest of my house. I'm not a ministerial priest of Amen, my home, brother. but I'm mm-hmm. a domestic yeah. priest. Amen. And there's things that I can learn from you uh, that I can take back to my domestic house. Um, so let me ask you a question: What is your prayer life like? Uh, my prayer life is divine office. My everything. So just want to start there. Like mm-hmm. I just, I'm mm-hmm. thoroughly convinced, as I think every priest is, and every good Catholic is, that like our prayer life is everything. So my prayer life. Uh, I mean, just if we if we look at like list laundry list. Yeah, I'd like to know. I like- mean, divine obligation mm-hmm. for me. I mean, by, by my promises that I made, I have to pray the entirety of the divine office every single day which is a tremendous blessing. Uh, I celebrate Mass every single day. Mm-hmm. I pray the Rosary every single day. I pray the Divine Mercy Chapel every single day. Um, I also spend two hours in front of the Blessed Sacrament every single day. Two mean, hours every day? I do. In the morning or uh, morning and night? It or? depends on the day. So like tomorrow, which is Sunday, I do the two hours directly. I, I do from 5 o'clock until 7 o'clock. Confessions at 7 until 7.30. Uh, on some of the weekdays, I don't do it back to back. I, I break it up an hour in the morning, an hour in the evening, but I have just found for myself that with the amount of work and with what is demanded of a priest when it comes to preaching and catechesis and who we are called to be, that two hours of prayer is nothing. And I, I truly believe that if we would all get rid of our televisions and we would get off of our iPhones, a lot more people would have time for prayer. Totally. Yeah. I recently heard it said that uh, until you're convinced that prayer is the best use of your time, you yeah. will never make time for prayer. Yeah. That's a that's beautiful. And, and that's I struggled my I mean when I was in seminary that's where that's where the two hours came from when I was in seminary I, I started doing two hours and then I became a priest and I was like oh I'm too busy I have so much going on in my life there's no way my life is so hard and it's just so hard to be a priest like I, I can't spend two hours in prayer anymore so then it would be like Advent I would come back like oh I'll go back to two hours of prayer and then I would fall away and Lent and I go back to two hours and I just came to a point where I was like I I am my best I am the best servant of the Lord when I spend two hours in front of the Blessed Sacrament every day. Yeah. Like, why would I not do that? And then I found this awesome quote from St. Teresa of Avila, who talks about that the people who want to enter into the contemplative life, which her and John of the Cross are pretty clear that everyone should enter into the contemplative life, yes. not just monks and sisters, should spend two hours in prayer. And I was just like, what else as a priest do I have to be doing that's more important than that? Yeah. And I remember there's a story of Mother Teresa who talked about um, when she instituted a daily holy hour for the missionaries of charity. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was there was actually a revolt. People were like, the sisters were against her. 
And she said, if we pray and if we spend an hour in front of our Lord, we will have more time. And I just think it's true. When you make yourself available to God, you're, then your best ability yeah. is availability. And the more that I'm available to God, the more I can be available to my people. And that's just the heart of it all. Mm -hmm. It's just true. Yeah, I've heard it that you need 30 minutes of prayer every day unless you're really busy and then you need an hour. Yeah, and if you're really, really busy, why not two? Yeah. 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 I mean, is it going to hurt you? No. <laughs> well, and because I think even uh, Teresa Valvola says that, you know, most people don't ever make it past the first stage of prayer, which is vocal prayer. Yep. You know, wasn't that her that said that? that yep. You know, most people don't even make it to the med meditative prayer. We're all called to all three levels of prayer, uh, but most don't even make it past the first level of prayer, yep. a vocal. And then a meditative and then contemplative yep. prayer. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how much, how much per, like in your prayer life, how much of it is like, you know, you said the rosary, the divine office, divine office, the uh, divine mercy chaplet. Like I like those because I can put them on my calendar at 3 p.m. Every day my phone goes off at 3 p.m. to remind me it's divine mercy time. You know, uh, Dave and I, you know, we're part of, we, we pray the rosary every single day. Um, Thank you for doing that. Um, well, I think we're all called to do that. We're supposed to do that. So there's a there's an idea. But that's of, not why you do it. You don't do it because you're supposed to. You do it because that's well, for, I mean, for, ideally, yeah. Right. But you do it because you love you're in love. Yes. Yeah. It's a it's a, a communication with God. Yeah. Um, but some of it, you know, how much of your prayer life is is non rigid, is not is not structured prayer? Uh quite a bit actually. Be, if I'm faithful to the two hours, I have normally the entire second holy hour is completely unstructured and part of the first. Is it, are you, are you actually praying or is it more silence? Uh, we're getting into some little deep stuff here, but um, it's a lot of silence. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean like. This is so hard for me. So hard. Me too. I'm getting, I mean, I'm getting, slowly getting better, but it is so hard for me to just sit there. I think that's where you come, just. I'm a little older than both of you, but, and I have no old man sage wis wisdom, but like, that's where it just, the more that you do, and it's just like, the, both of you are married, thanks be yeah. to God. Yeah. And the more that you are with your wife, the more that you can just be in silence with your wife. It's no different than... It's the, wasting time with the one you love. Yeah. Correct. It's, you know, the, 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 the dating couple or the engaged couple or the newly married couple, like they talk constantly. They're constantly talking. And I always like to think of the couple who's been married for 40 or 50 years and they don't ever talk, but they don't need to. Yeah. Because they know and they're just with each other. They can just sit with each other and say nothing. Yeah. They don't and have to communicate love. because like, they have love. communion. Yeah. 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 That's intimacy. Mm -hmm. Intimacy. Right. Christopher West. Yeah. Yeah. I've got his tapes. <laughs> I, yeah, that's actually, I have VHS tapes, bro. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Father Meyer, I'm uh, very grateful for you carving out time this evening to hang out with us. It was, it's it's a been joy. a pleasure. I, thanks a for joy. inviting us. Thanks for letting us come over and hang out with you. Um, I'm thoroughly impressed. How about you? we end with your blessing? That would be fantastic. Heavenly Father, we ask a great blessing for all those who are listening, all those who will be affected by this and we ask that the intercession of the Virgin Mary the intercession of St. John Vianney and all the saints and may be blessed watched over and protected in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit Amen Amen, Amen. and cheers to Jesus